Hey, it's Pat. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. In case you're not familiar with me, I've been helping people retire for over 20 years now, author of the book Save Your Retirement, and host of the Save Your Retirement radio show. Our goal with this show is to provide you with valuable and timely information to help you plan your retirement, or if you're already retired, help you make the most of it. Ultimately, we want to help you use your money to accomplish your goals and dreams and to help you avoid any stress and fear with your finances and instead replace those with confidence and peace of mind. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you won't miss future episodes. Also, if you'd like to give us a great rating, it would mean so much to us and it helps get the word out so we can share this valuable information with others. Thank you so much. And now here's this week's episode. This radio show is a paid placement. Anytime is a good time to break a bad habit, and whether you want to make improvements in your routine at home, your job performance at work, with your physical health, or your financial health, the time to make a positive change for your future is right now. And you are in the right place as we talk a little bit about bad financial habits that you want to break. Thanks so much for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat is the founder of Preservation Specialists. And Pat, you are here to save us from those bad financial habits on the show today. Well, I hope so. I'll do my best. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, and you know, here's where I think we want to start with this. Only 33% of Americans have a written financial plan. So that, of course, not being a math major, I know that means most of us do not have one. (laughs) That means we're winging it when it comes to spending. So let's start right there, Pat. How do we break the bad habit of living without a budget? Yeah, Jen, I think if 33% of Americans have a written financial plan, I kind of wonder what the definition of that is, actually. You know what I mean? Because I've been doing this for... 25 years, and I would have thought it was a lower number than Hmm. that. I mean, we have a tremendous number of clients that have been very successful financially, but they may have winged it most of the time. You know (laughs) what I mean? Uh, Take someone who all they did was they just contributed a lot to their 401k their whole life, but they didn't really worry about a budget. But then that money just accumulated over decades, you know? So it is possible to be successful financially without that. I I think in my mind, we always joke, I don't don't love the term budget because I I feel like it's that, you know, it's such a limiting idea of it's kind of like being on a diet. Like most people, it just has a negative feeling to it. So I, I like the idea of a spending plan. And I also think... I think a personality is a big part of that. And what I mean by that is some people like the idea of going to, let's take an extreme and say having a spreadsheet and putting all the different things you spend and kind of having an idea of that. And that's great, but a lot of people don't like that. So in their case, maybe you attack it from, okay, well, how much do we want to save or invest for the future or to pay off debts? Not necessarily. So you're kind of working at it from the other angle. And I think, you know, the bottom line is, we always come back to, you know, what are you trying to accomplish with your money rather than, oh, I'll get to it with whatever's left over. Because we all know if we if we go with whatever's left over, there's never anything left over, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. And we get by. I think a lot of us get by without that budget during our working years because as long as what you're spending is less than what you're making, it's kind of okay. It, it kind of works out. But if you are overspending, that's a problem. And then, Pat, if you don't really have a sense of what you're spending at all when you get to retirement and then you are living on that fixed income, well, that's when it seems like it becomes a little bit more of a problem. So I I think that's what maybe people need to recognize with the spending plan. Yes. And and I think in, you know, in our area that we focus on, it's really kind of there's a clear breaking line there from when you're working versus when you're retired. So if we look at each of those timeframes, you're exactly right, Jen, when we are retired, we have to have an idea of what we're spending because yeah, yeah. you're not you, you don't have the opportunity to work more hours or hope you get a bonus or you know get a side right, gig right. or whatever those things are where you're trying to make up that money. We really just and again I I always you know joke it doesn't have to be a quote unquote budget, but we have to have an idea of about how much you're spending because we have to be able to make sure your money lasts as long as you do. Right. And I think you made an interesting point as well. If you go back to during someone's working years, we really need to have an idea of what you're contributing because you know Maybe when you're in your 20s and 30s and and even your 40s, especially if you're working with a financial person who's more an accumulation person, you know, you're not doing a lot of projections to see what what things look like at retirement. And when people hire us, Jen, what they're really looking for is that next phase of their life where they're saying, okay, I've been putting some money away or I'm coming into some money. 
or I'm just I'm worried about retirement, how do I not only keep saving, but how do I know if I'm saving the right amount? How do I know when I can retire? And that's when we're putting a lot of time and energy into those projections into the future. So you can see, okay, well, if I increase my 401k contribution by an extra $100 a month, what's that going to do for me down the road? And so that that really, I think, starts bridging that gap from kind of financial fear to starting to really understand where you are and most importantly, hopefully giving you some confidence that you will be able to retire someday. Right, right. Here's another bad financial habit, Pat, complacency. This is another one that a lot of us have. We don't always adjust our portfolio. We don't always pay attention to things like the fees we're paying. We keep our money with some financial institutions just because it takes time and effort to explore other options. And I know I've I've done this before where it's Hmm. like, yeah, I'd kind of like to look at a different bank or a different this or that, but I just don't want to mess with it. Yes. How does working with somebody like you help us keep from becoming complacent with our retirement savings? Yeah, when we talk about being complacent with our money, Jen, this reminds me of an analogy, and bear with me here, but uh, so a number of years ago, I joined a group that was providing nutrition advice and kind of dieting and energy balance and things like that, and they gave the advice for free, but then they also had coaches, and I was seeing the results of the people with coaches. I said, I'm going to go ahead and get the coach because that must be where the really good information is, where they can really teach me you know, all the secrets that I don't already know. And then after I hired the coach, I worked with them. They were very nice, but what they were there for was really accountability. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I would kind of ask questions. They'd say, no, yeah, you've already got all the information. It's just a matter of doing it. And I was, and I, so I was, I was disappointed by that because I was, I was hoping there was a secret sauce, you know? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the complacency, I mean, that is, of course, it's human nature. And the other thing that I always tell all of our advisors is we always have to remember our money is important, but we all have life going on. You know, we have families, we have friends, we have work, we have other stresses. And so it's not like you have eight hours a day to handle your finances and decide what makes the most sense. So when you do hire a financial planner, not only are you getting their expertise, but you are getting that guide. You're getting that person to help kind of nudge you and push you along to make sure that you're making good decisions. And and I think we try to really strive for a good balance of that. We certainly wouldn't ever want to be a nag or, you know, an irritant to our clients. But at the same time, you know, our job is to help you along to accomplish your goals. And we need to do that you know, regardless of if it's, you know, if it's something that you want to hear in the moment. And I I think that's a good example, Jen, of why people hire or sit down with a financial planner or hire a financial planner. It's just one additional example of that. And if if you don't have a financial planner working for you, or if you're not sure if the financial professional you're working with is a planner, that's why we offer our five-step retirement review at absolutely no cost and no obligation. To get started, all you have to do is call 803-9-RETIRE. Once again, there's absolutely no cost and no obligation for listeners of today's show. To get started, just call 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists and a couple more areas where we can maybe break some bad financial habits. This is an interesting one, Pat. Leaving tax breaks on the table is another bad habit for us to break. And, and a lot of times we think about taxes and tax breaks when we're filing our taxes every year, but we want to think about taxes throughout the year. How can having a tax-efficient retirement strategy help keep you on track for more money for your own use in retirement? Yeah, Jen, we we just think, you know, more and more taxes is becoming a bigger and bigger deal to our clients. And, you know, if you if you work your whole life and you have, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in your nest egg or a million or a few million, you know, you're in that range of people. And we always say our clients, they're not, you know, living social security check to social security mm-hmm. check in retirement, but they're also not, you know, independently wealthy living off of a trust fund. It's kind of all right. of us in the middle, you know, where we tried to save. And the reality is we were told to do that usually in our 401ks and IRAs where we're deferring taxes. Well, when we see the writing on the wall now, it looks like there's a lot of reasons why those tax rates may be going up in the future. And that that should be a very scary thing. And so we really think that being thoughtful and proactive about our taxes in retirement is a place where you can have a tremendous opportunity. And I will say, Jen, this is one of those areas that most people aren't thinking about until they talk to someone like us. You know, everyone's thinking about, well, you know, I'm in the stock market in my 401k and I probably need to change that at some point in my retirement. And, you know, let me make sure I'm saving enough you know, those are things that we hear people saying all the time, but it really needs to kind of, 
you know, you need to be thinking about how, you know, you're, where you're saving your money for retirement, how it's going to be taxed in the future. And then we want to see if we can, we can find some planning tools to help you reduce those taxes down the road. And Pat, as we talk a little bit about some of these bad, bad financial habits to break, here's another one. And this is something that I, I know it happens in some ways just naturally, but we don't want it to get out of hand because I know with us as we have in my family, with my husband and I, as we have earned a little bit more money and the kids have grown, like the lifestyle creep happens, right? There, <laughs> there are things that we can't help, that our lifestyle will become more expensive as we earn more money over time and things expand. But how do we rein that in a little bit and keep that lifestyle creep from getting out of control to where it's growing too much. This is a really interesting idea, Jenna. And I like that term lifestyle creep because that really is how things happen. Yeah. You know, most most of us start out and you're just scraping by, right? Mm-hmm. And then as you, you know, in a lot of cases, you grow in your career, you're making more money. And of course, you know, maybe some of that's going to retirement savings or college funding or whatever. But at some point, a lot of times, you know, as you're heading into retirement, you're in your peak earning years, yeah, but you're also, yeah. what you're saying is you're also in your peak spending years. Yeah, <laughs> so, <you are. laughs> yeah. And to me, you know, you might hear, or if you Google, you know, how much do I spend in retirement? You'll hear rules like, oh, you'll spend about 80% of what you spend, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, th- those are just, they're made up rules. I mean, everyone's different. You know, some people come in, they say, why won't I, won't I be spending more? Cause I have all this free time to do things. I want to do things. I don't want to just sit around. Whereas other people, you know, they know that their lifestyle creep is happening. And so they're trying to think through that. So this really comes back to general we talk about our retirement plans being custom built retirement plans because we really think every family is completely different. So when we're sitting down for the first time, we're talking about how much you're spending right now. Um, do you have an idea of how much you would want or need in retirement? And really trying to think about that, what your lifestyle is going to be in retirement, because the bottom line is we want to create the retirement that you've been hoping for. And if you're not sure if you have a plan to do exactly that, Call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. You can sit down with one of our advisors for a five-step retirement review at absolutely no cost and no obligation. To get started, the number is 803-9-RETIRE. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We'll be back. Hi, this is John Farley. For the past 12 years, you've seen me on TV. But before becoming a meteorologist, my first degree was actually in finance. My parents, like a lot of people, didn't know much about the financial world. As a result, they got exploited by some not-so-honest folks. That's why finance has always been a passion of mine, and for the last six years I've been working with the team at Preservation Specialists to help people just like you plan for your retirement. What I love about Preservation Specialists is that we are locally owned and fiercely independent. That means we simply work for you. If that's what you want in a financial advisor, then give us a call now at 803-9-RETIRE. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Don't make the same mistakes my parents did. Work with an advisor who can help get you to and through retirement successfully. 803-9-RETIRE. Firm offers insurance services. Investment advisory services offered through Kalos Capital, Inc. To register for the special event with former U.S. Controller General Dave Walker, August 18th, call Preservation Specialists now at 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I'm Jen Rizak here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And I don't know, Pat, how much of a handyman are you around the house? That question is quite humorous. (laughs) Wherever she is, my wife is rolling on the floor laughing right now. (laughs) Not super handy. Well, here's, here's why I bring it up. Okay. You know it's a lot easier to get a job done if you have the right tools. So that's the analogy we're going to work from a little Mm. bit. And, I mean, even if you're not the handiest of handymen, (laughs) <laughs> you you probably know you've got to have the right tools to finish your project. I mean, it is the worst when you get into something and you don't have what you need to finish your project, right? Or you don't have the right tools for the job. Yes, and that has definitely been something when I've tried to do something at my house. My buddies always laugh about the lack of, let's just say the tool shed is not as full at my house because of my lack of skills. And then it gets compounded by the fact that I'm not 
working on projects very often. And so right. what I'll often do is if I'm like hanging up a curtain or something, I'll end up leaving all the tools like in that room and forget about them. So then when oh. I need to do the next project and I go to the toolbox, there's nothing in there. Nothing. So right. yeah, it's very, very difficult to actually accomplish what you're trying to accomplish right. if you don't actually have the right tools. Well, and I don't know if Janelle does that passive aggressive thing that I do. <laughs> if there are tools out and they're not put away where they're supposed to, I will just find somewhere else and just stick them there. And oh. then when it's, where did you put it? I'm like, I don't know. I just put it where it made sense for me to put it because you're leaving stuff in the kitchen. It's not where it goes. So she could be part of that complication. I'll just That say. almost sounds aggressive aggressive. Well, I mean. <laughs> maybe it's not passive aggressive. Just out and out aggressive. That's right. Yeah. I aggressively put it in the wrong drawer. That's right. Well, but you're right. I mean, you got to be organized. You want the right tools for the job. You want to know where things are. And the reason I bring this up is because the same thing is true with our financial tools, right? Mm -hmm. We have different financial tools and the ones that we'll use in retirement, they're going to be different from our working years. So we want to be, uh, we want to recognize that. So when we are thinking about the retirement tools, Pat, and I did some research on this. You do a Google search and you will get millions of search results. I'm not mm -hmm. kidding. There's a lot of information to sort through. One of the ones that I saw, though, it was this online toolkit put together by the Department of Labor. So this is from the federal government. Okay. And they said what goes in their little retirement toolkit was Social Security. They had some information about Medicare. And then they talked about um, basic retirement savings plan, just kind of some general information there. So that's in the federal government's retirement toolkit, Social Security, Medicare, and savings. What else would you put in that toolkit or what else would you say should belong on that list? Yeah, I like that terminology, you know, having kind of a retirement toolkit. And I think, you know, that's actually a pretty good start, I would say, from the federal government. I mean, Social Security, Medicare, and retirement plans, that's mm -hmm. kind of covers everyone, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but it doesn't cover everything. And so I think, you know, if we if we think of our five areas that we cover in a comprehensive plan, the first one is income. Certainly Social Security is part of that. Uh, I would want to know if someone has any pension benefits, that would certainly be something that would be important. And then, of course, one of the pieces that we deal with with most of our clients is they have some type of nest egg and either immediately when they retire or at some point down the road, they're going to need some supplemental income from that. So we mm -hmm. have to figure that out. The second part would be anything related to investments, and the toolkit you Googled mentions basics about retirement savings plans, but of course, we all know there's all kinds of ways we can save and invest yeah. money in yeah. bank accounts and IRAs and Roth IRAs and brokerage accounts and all those kinds of things, so we need to have a strategy for those. Nothing about taxes in that toolkit. We, we think taxes <laughs> is becoming bigger yeah. and bigger deal. That's a big one. Uh, healthcare is an area we think is important. So Medicare is a really important and complicated part of that. So it's good that that's there. Uh, but we would want to be thinking about just regular health insurance needs as well as long-term care. And then finally, the estate plan is our last area. And that's not talked about at all in that mm, case. But nope. we want to be thinking about legal documents, beneficiaries on your accounts, and things like that. So it's there's a lot of things in the toolkit, and we want to make sure we're, we're not ignoring any of those. Right. And again, and this is what we'll talk about here kind of throughout the next couple segments, it's important that we are identifying the different jobs that we want to do, and then we're using the right tools for that job. Because, Pat, there are times when we think something isn't working financially for us, but it turns out we aren't using it the right way. We aren't using it the way it was intended to be used. So talk about that aspect as well, where we need to not only know what these different tools are, but we need to make sure we're using them the right way. Yeah, I love this topic, Jen, because it immediately brings to mind a couple of things. First of all, there are people in the financial media that will say that some things, this thing is always great, and this thing's always bad. <laughs> and it's usually a ridiculous thing. Like they're right. picking sides on life insurance or annuities right. or mutual funds, or even like when you claim your social security. And the key is, you know, if someone is trying to save money for a car to buy a month, then an annuity is a horrible choice to make to mm. put your money into. Right. But the question is, what are you trying to accomplish? If you're trying to, to have a guaranteed lifetime income, an annuity is one of the few places you can actually do that. So I think number one, understanding that the tool needs to 
to be the right fit for what you're trying to accomplish. The other thing that comes to mind is early in my career, I was looking at different companies to work with and I had a mentor and he said something very profound, which is certain companies in our industry will focus on just one thing. Like they may think life insurance is the best place to put all your money or mutual funds or annuities or what have you. He said, Pat, the problem is if all you have is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. what he was saying is that there's a lot of people in our financial industry that mean well, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily giving you good advice because they have such a bias in one area. And that's the reason we wanted to be independent. And so we're always open to all the different possible tools because the bottom line to us isn't what tool, it's what are you trying to accomplish as our client. Mm -hmm. And so that's the reason we take our clients through our our five-step retirement review. That's the reason we offer that to listeners of the show at no cost and no obligation. And all you have to do to get started is just give us a call at 803-9-RETIRE. That gets you an opportunity to sit down with one of our planners and talk about where you're at in retirement. And most importantly, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? And we can help you see if you're on track to accomplish those. Once again, no cost and no obligation. The number is 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. And let's start talking about some of the different types of tools we might use in retirement. I want to start with the task of generating income because that's going to be a very common goal for, I think, anybody heading Mm. into retirement. (laughs) They want income. But again, we want to make sure we are using the appropriate tools here. We don't want to be using something that isn't for income to be getting our income for retirement. So what are some of those tools, Pat, for generating income? Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people have the retirement of their dreams without any income, right? So that's, no. that's kind of a big deal. It's be tough. So, it's be so tough. you know, I always come back to the three-legged stool of retirement income. So your social security is one of those legs. We want to make absolutely sure we're making the best choices for your social security for you and your family. Number two is a pension, which I know is disappearing, and a lot of people don't mm-hmm. have it, but some still do. So we right. want to make sure we're making good choices there. And then the third, of course, more and more focus and need is on preparing and planning for what to do with your nest egg and how to generate income off of that. And the simple thing that I would say there is we're always open to all different types of investments. What we don't want to do is depend on your risk investments to generate your income because that's where you run into a dangerous scenario of when you have stock markets that drop, you don't want to be having to sell off of those. So there are things like annuities that can generate income, and then also there are more income-producing investments uh, that are generating dividends. So those are the two areas that we're generally going to focus on primarily, and ultimately the main goal there is just to make sure you never are in a situation where you're buying high and having to sell low because that's when you lose money on your investments. Mm -hmm. Right. And again, we just want to recognize that, first of all, income is an important part of this. And when it comes to getting that income, we want to be getting it from the right types of places. And Pat, some of this we might carry over into the next segment. But when it comes to growth potential, because growth is something else that a lot of people are looking for when it comes to their retirement savings, what are some of the tools that we might look at for growth rather than income? Yeah, I mean, when we talk about our financial house, this would be the roof. And so historically, that would be the stock market. That's Mm -hmm. a great place to have growth potential. So you want to have some diversification there. Of course, so many people come to us and they've got plenty of growth because they've been saving their 401k and you don't have a lot of options outside of the stock market there. Well, we have also started, you know, we've tried to find other options that still offer good upside, but have less volatility or risk on the downside. Private equity is an area that we've seen more and more opportunity there, Jen, where you have the ability to have a really nice upside Uh, But it tends to be a more smooth ride, certainly not guaranteed, of course. Anything in the growth world is not going to be guaranteed. But that's the bottom line. We're always trying to figure out how do we give as much of the upside with as little of the downside as possible. And we're doing that for two reasons. One is, of course, it's not good for your money if you have a lot of losses. But the other, maybe most importantly, is um, your sanity. (laughs) So we tend to make make bad decisions when we have a very risky portfolio or lots of drops in the portfolio. And I've seen that in my 25 years. So we're always trying to make sure – we're reducing the risk for our clients. And so that's one of those things. If you're not sure about how much risk you're taking in your investments, it's a great opportunity to do an investment review with one of our planners. Give us a call today at 803-9-RETIRE. Our retirement review is no cost and no obligation. That's 803-9-RETIRE. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We'll be back. You've heard Pat on radio. Now you can see him on television. Tune in Sunday mornings during the 7 o'clock news on WIS-TV, Columbia's NBC Channel 10. 
Pat's new book, The Retirement Secret, is now available. It's a companion to his first book, Save Your Retirement. Order yours right now at Amazon.com. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak, happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is the author of the books, Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And today we're talking about tools for retirement, packing our retirement toolkit. And I mean, there are solutions for just about every problem. There's a tool for just about every financial problem that you have. But, Pat, one of the things, and we don't see this with regular tools where you have this emotional reaction or like a refusal to use a certain type of tool. Mm. We don't do that. Like if (laughs) I know you don't do a ton of projects around the house, but if you were, I don't know, like maybe in your dining room chair, something came loose and you needed to tighten that and you asked Janelle for a screwdriver, she wouldn't say, no, I don't believe in screwdrivers. I'm going to go get you a hammer. (laughs) Like she doesn't, you don't do that. You don't do that. But we do that with financial tools. We might say, look, here's something you might consider. Oh, no, my mother-in-law had one. She didn't like it. So I'm not going to use that. Talk about why we do that and why that could be a dangerous way of thinking. Well, let me ask you this, Jen. I've been told that I don't do this very often, but tens of thousands of people every Saturday go out and they buy a quarter inch drill bit. For their drill, okay? Okay. Now, okay. why why do they buy a quarter-inch drill bit? I don't know. Why? Because they want a quarter-inch hole, right? <laughs> so it's the right <laughs> tool go. for the job. Hang, hang with me. Very so specifically. The, okay. Yes. So the, the idea is that any one of these things is just a tool. And yeah. so it's, it's coming back to your point, but it's just kind of the story behind it. Yeah. And yeah. we do have such a – there is such a connotation of that in our industry, and there is a lot of – previously held opinions and it could be you know maybe you love dave ramsey and dave ramsey gives some great advice on a lot of things but he has some very opinionated you know feedback on some certain tools that are out there or maybe your great aunt got ripped off by somebody on a certain thing and you just are always kind of assuming that's a bad thing and um one of the kind of I would say one of the gurus or the people that have really taken the education of retirement planning to the extreme over the last decade, his name is Wade Fow. He's a professor and a writer, and mm-hmm. he's done all kinds of studies on um, making you know the most uh, efficient or the best possible retirement. And one of the examples he goes through is he says much of the um, financial community leans heavily towards either a growth type of mindset like brokerage or a safe type of mindset like a bank account or an annuity or something like that. And he comes through study after study and he finds that almost always for most people using a blend of both of those is actually best. You know, not having everything buried under the mattress and not having everything in the most aggressive investment possible. Now that makes logical sense, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But he says the problem is it's hard to get advice like that and it's hard for us to be willing to do that because we have these biases. And so he talks about the best possible scenario is if you could be agnostic agnostic about the tools. So don't have an opinion about it, but just see what they're going to accomplish. That puts you in the best position so that you can have the most effective retirement plan possible. Well, and when you talk about, you know, having maybe multiple tools, that's the whole idea behind a retirement toolkit. We aren't just carrying one financial tool into retirement. We are going to have several different things that our money needs to do. And that's why we need more than one strategy or more than one tool to do it. And there's got to be balance there also, Pat. You know, earlier in the show, we talked a little bit about how there are tools for growth and there are tools for income. Talk a little bit about how you find the right balance with those two different objectives, growth versus safety. Yeah, when we're looking at, you know, the balance between growth versus safety for retirement, this is really what my my last book, uh, The Retirement Secret, is all about. We like the idea of picturing a financial house, and that's your nest egg. And where are you going to put your money in that financial house? And so you, you, I always, I know this sounds crazy, but I always start with the roof because uh, the roof is your growth money, your risk money. And the reason I, I like to start there is that's where most of us have our money in our 401ks as we're accumulating in retirement. 
Well, that doesn't mean you need to get out of, you know, growth investments in retirements. It just means you need other things too. So you've got growth money in the roof. And then if we go down to the foundation of the house, that's your safe guaranteed money. That's your emergency reserve in the bank. Uh, if you have CDs, if you have annuities that have guarantees, those are going to be down there. Those are not as exciting, not as flashy, but they are providing you with that stability and that safety that you need in retirement, especially when you're not working anymore. And then we call the middle the walls. And the walls is literally everything that goes in between. And like you said, these are generally dividend income producing investments. And the goal there is they're going to be a lot less risky than the roof, but they're not fully guaranteed like the things in the foundation. And so coming back to your original question, Jen, how do we balance that? That's why the first meeting with our planners is talking about what you're trying to accomplish and also what your goals are, what your comfort is with risk. And then we can start to get that balance for you. Some of our clients might have an equal third in each of those areas of the house. Uh, but that's the beauty of the fact that we custom build your retirement plan. We also custom build your financial house. We want to help you figure out you know, what makes the most sense for you. Some people really don't want very much risk. So we see if they can afford to really keep their risk down. And then of course, other people might want to have more growth. So they may shift that way. So that's, we have found that analogy to be a huge help because everyone can understand that there's three different levels in the house. And it's a quick, easy visual way to look at it. Pat, as we talk a little bit about some of these different tools we might think about, life insurance, that is a financial tool that a lot of people use, especially during their early family years when you've got kids, you've got things, financial obligations that will need to be taken care of. How could that fit in the retirement toolkit? Does it fit in the retirement toolkit? Yeah, life insurance is a great example of something when you say the term, most of us immediately have a reaction to that, mm -hmm. right? right? And maybe it could be good. Maybe life insurance, you know, saved your family when someone died suddenly. Or for a lot of people, they got sold a policy and maybe it wasn't sold for the right reasons. It was sold to make generate a commission and not to actually help you. And so for a lot of people, they have a negative um, feeling about life insurance. We always come back to what are you trying to accomplish? Well, um, if you still, you know, have a mortgage or, you know, you're concerned about protecting your spouse or even maybe your kids as you're getting close to retirement, there may still be a place for life insurance. That's one of the one of the areas we'd want to look at. The other thing is life insurance companies have really developed some unique strategies over the last decade or so. And so one example would be some life insurance policies, you can access the death benefit for nursing care needs in retirement. Um, that's a pretty unusual structure and pretty, you know, we've had some clients where that's been a great fit because long-term care costs is one of their biggest concerns. So to us, it comes all the way back again, once again, to what goals are you trying to accomplish? And does life insurance make any sense at all? For some people, it won't. And for some, it's something that's worth really looking into. And it really comes back to, Jen, that idea of sitting down and talking to a planner. And for most people that come in and see us, that's going to take a couple of meetings. The first one is really to get to know you and see what you're trying to accomplish and helping you see if you're on track. And then we want to do some analysis and come back and give you some ideas and strategies. And that would be an example of where we would help you figure out if you need if there's any benefit to having life insurance or not. That's just one simple example. So if you haven't sat down with a professional like that before, give us a call at 803-9-RETIRE. We offer that. We call it a five-step retirement review at absolutely no cost and no obligation to listeners of the show. If you'd like to take advantage, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak alongside Pat. That number one more time is 803-9-RETIRE, or if you prefer to hear just the numbers, it's 803-973-8473. Pat, let's talk real quickly about some of the tools that we can use to help with uh, concerns about health care costs in retirement. What are some ways to deal with that issue? Yeah, I, we always feel like when we're looking at healthcare costs in retirement, we just want to look at them in three different categories. So the first one is Medicare, of course, which for most situations you qualify at age 65. And that has, uh, of course, it doesn't cover everything, but it can cover a lot of you know medical and, and hospital bills. And then we need to work around that. So the next piece would be uh, certainly if you are hoping or planning to retire before 65, what do we do for healthcare coverage at that point? Do you have individual uh, health insurance or a spouse's coverage. You know, how do we make sure you're protected from, you know, huge healthcare costs during that time frame? And then the third piece, of course, is long-term care. You know, Medicare does not cover very much for long-term care. So if you need 
a stay in a facility or if you need care at home, most health insurance isn't going to cover that. So we just want to be thoughtful about uh, making sure you're going into that with eyes wide open and understanding there's a risk there. And then, of course, being able to you know look at the different tools to address that. Let's talk a little bit about some of the tools for long-term care. And this is one of those areas, Pat, where we've had a little bit of an evolution because there wasn't as many options before as there are today. We used to have that traditional standalone long-term care policy, but this is another area where we've we've seen some new options come about in recent years, right? Yeah, I started in uh, January 3rd of 1997, and that was like the heyday of long-term care insurance, (laughs) and everyone said it was going to revolutionize the insurance industry. It did in a way because almost every company got out of that business. (laughs) So we don't have a lot of people that are buying standalone long-term care policies anymore because the costs have ramped up so much in that area. So a couple of things have happened. Some clients just decide to self-insure, which of course, if you you understand the risks, that's certainly an option. Uh, I mentioned a moment ago, there are life insurance policies that will let you access the death benefit for nursing care. That's a fit for some people. The other thing that's been developed is if there's any benefit to using an an annuity with a lifetime income guarantee in your retirement plan, there are some annuity companies that will actually increase the amount of income if you need nursing care. So let's say you're taking $1,000 a month out of your annuity. It might have a doubler where now you get $2,000 a month uh, coming out of that account. And of course, that's probably not going to be enough to cover all of those costs. But instead of having like one policy that just covers everything, now what we try and do is piece things together, mm-hmm. you know, to try and minimize the cost. And um, and that's, you know, that's highly individualized and very different for each of our clients. And so that's why we build that out in a custom way for everybody. And Pat, let's just talk a little bit again. We need to recognize that we need to use a different combination of tools. And it's important that we buckle down and get this done. This is a a stat that we shared a little bit earlier, but nearly 70% of Americans are missing a written financial plan. And people without a plan, when people haven't thought about these things and these different tools, Pat, if you don't have that plan, you tend to feel less confident about your future. There's no doubt about that. And and we know that a lot of you are worried that you haven't saved enough or that you maybe won't even be able to retire and that you probably don't have a written financial plan. And a written financial plan can help you feel more financially stable. So you don't have to be one of those people worried if your money will last or if you can even afford to retire. We have a process for helping you create an income strategy. And we start with what we, what we call our five-step retirement review. If you're listening right now and you don't have an income strategy, we invite you to call so we can help you figure out how much you'll need for the retirement you've been dreaming about and uncover the main risks posing a threat to your retirement, including inflation, stock market risk, potential tax increases, and rising healthcare costs. Uh, For listeners of this show, there's no cost and there's no obligation. All you have to do is call 803-9-RETIRE and ask for your retirement income analysis. Once again, that number is 803-9-RETIRE. We have more coming up on Save Your Retirement, but now it's time for today's Medicare Minute with author and Medicare expert, Tim Hanbury. So how do you pick a Medicare Advantage plan? The decision process is different with an Advantage plan than with a Medigap plan. Since you can change plans each year with no medical underwriting, the financial stability of the company is less important. If they raise their rates next year, you switch to a different plan. With Advantage plans, you must look at the provider networks to see if your doctor participates. Even if the plan lets you see non-participating doctors, you'll still want to know if they participate to see what your cost will be. You must also look at the prescription benefit to see if your current medications are covered. Many people don't take the time to research this and end up in the wrong plan. And this is where an agent can help you. We have software that lets us search the providers and prescriptions easily. There's no need for you to spend your time gathering this information. My experience is that large national companies tend to have fewer changes in benefits in provider networks over time, so you won't have to switch as often. Lastly, you still need Parts A and B of Medicare to join a Medicare Advantage plan, even if the plan has a zero premium. Visit Tim's website, MedicareBlueprint.com, to download a free copy of his book, or if you would like to talk with Tim, call 803-9-RETIRE to schedule a consultation. You can schedule a free 15-minute phone consultation with the team at Preservation Specialists right now. Call 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. 
Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and he knows very well that for everybody heading into retirement, there are so many big decisions that you have to weigh. And we like to take one of those big decisions. Some are very serious. Some are a little bit more silly. We dive into the pros and cons. This is retirement, yay or nay. And I'm very excited about this week's topic, Pat, and our retirement, yay or nay, because it is living on a cruise ship in retirement. Or not. Some people might not want to. That is our yay or nay. That is very unique, Jen. Yeah, yeah. Very unique. Well, and here's how all this came about, because there is a couple. They're from Seattle, so they're not from around here. They're not close. But Angeline and Richard Burke of Seattle planned to do just this, and they were featured on a couple of different travel blogs and retirement blogs. And so this couple, they've done the math for what they can afford to spend each day in retirement. Now, they broke this down- Per day. I don't know. Is that a pretty unique approach? I've never heard you talk about that, where you're like figuring out what you could spend per day in retirement. No, I think maybe I'm, I'm going to be learning a new it's retirement strategy from, yeah. from these two. Yeah. 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 Okay. Tell me more. So, so their budget, <laughs> they said, is about $100 to $135 per day. So for 2022, they booked 86 cruise days. And those would cost about $89 per day for both of them. And think about this. It includes their room. Food, entertainment, transportation, gratuity, port fees, taxes. So they say, hey, that's within the budget. And then they try to stick with the same cruise lines. So then they Mm. get loyalty discounts. But kind of an interesting approach here. So, Pat, I mean, they've crunched the numbers. And for them, it makes sense to spend a big part of their year cruising. I don't know. I feel like we're all fools because <laughs> we're not doing this, right? right. I mean, uh, I mean, I could be cruising right now and recording the show with the Wi-Fi or something yeah. like that. Like, I why mean, didn't I do that? With technology, we, <laughs> yeah. we could totally do this. So it's a very interesting thing. It's a bit novel. And, you know, this isn't the first time I've heard of it because there was actually a woman who had a book a few years ago. And she I think the title of it was something like homeless but you should see my yacht or or something along those lines because she lived on a a cruise during her retirement after her husband died and she was lonely and she could go meet other people and always be surrounded by other people and that's the lifestyle that she adopted so it's it's kind of interesting that this happens so now we're going to dive into the yays and nays the pros and cons so Angeline Burke, again, this woman from Seattle who's retiring on a cruise ship, she says the pros are obvious. Her quote is, where else can you have your resort take you to different countries while you relax by the pool or sleep in a comfortable bed? (laughs) Um, Good point. And um, the VP of hotel operations at Royal Caribbean, his name is Mark Tamas, his quote is, there's a sense of home for all of our guests, especially those that spend a majority of the year sailing on our ships. So for some of these folks, that okay. those are the good things right there. I mean, you get to see so much. You don't have to actively drive or, or travel to get to these places. And you can relax and hang out on a cruise ship. So there's the pros. I don't know. Is any anything else you'd add to that list? Or are you still just I would. Fascinated? Yeah. Well, first of all, I would say the VP of Hotel Operations of Royal Caribbean, probably not the most impartial person for I, our- I didn't say re- it was an unbiased you know, no, I just, source. I just thought I would point that out. Yes. Um, that's fair. My wife, Janelle, and I love to travel. So the idea of- the cruise ship literally taking you to all these different places. That is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, when you think about the stress of driving to different places, even if you're just cruising along the coast of America, for example, if you you could drive that as well, but there's a lot of stress that comes with that. There's a lot of cost, you know, wear and tear, gas and all those types of things. The other thing that's interesting to me that wasn't mentioned that I would put pretty high up is, Jen, I know you are an excellent cook. I am not. <laughs> so the thought to me is there's a lot of food you on like the cruise. Buffet. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, there's a downside to that, right? Yeah. If you're spending a little too much time at the buffet. But yeah, so well. those are, so I would reiterate the part about the travel. You're avoiding some of the landlocked stress of the travel. And then, yeah, I think the food would be, uh, yeah. be pretty nice perk. I'm glad you brought up the food because so okay. so now let's move on to the nays, okay. the the cons here, no thanks to cruising for retirement. I did put that on the list of nay just because it can be difficult to stay healthy with exposure mm. to other passengers and maybe sometimes not the healthiest food choices. So <laughs> it can very convenient so it's on the pros. 
but then also could not yeah. be so great for your cholesterol or your waistline <laughs> also. And then a couple other things to think about. You're probably going to be away from family and friends for an extended period of time. Mm. Not very many people of your loved ones would be with you. If you are a pet person, we're not all pet people. They will most likely not be going on your cruise. And especially, sure. you know, in my family, we don't have cats and dogs like normal people. We have horses. They're not going to <laughs> probably cruise with us. Medical care, you know, you've got your doctor, your dentist, all of your local health care providers. They will not be joining you, most likely, on your cruise. So those are some of the other things to think about as well as far as the downside to this. Yeah, those are really interesting, Jen. It reminds me, actually, of my parents right now. Um, they live in um, Somerville, you know, out in the Charleston suburbs. Sure. And so a couple, maybe less than two hours from from where my family lives. And during COVID, they bought a cabin on a lake um, near the North Carolina border on Lake Bowen. And um, so it's a few hours away. And suddenly uh, my wife and two girls and I don't go down to Somerville as, to mm. visit them as much as we used to because mm-hmm. now we just go see them at the lake, right? right? And it's interesting because now there's this discussion of, well, do we keep both homes or do we find something closer to here? And yeah. the constant discussion of, well, when are you going to be back? And like, well, we're, you know, we're missing – we're missing seeing our friends back home or the, you know, we have these doctor's appointments or they do have a dog they're very close with. And, you know, is it stressful on the dog to do the travel? Mm. <laughs> things like that. So these are kind right. of interesting right. things, not even whether it's cruising or vacationing, you know, just regular vacations or having a, a vacation home. I mean, yeah. I think those are really interesting insights to be thinking about because I think, Jen, a lot of us have these kind of idealized ideas of what retirement is, but of course nothing's perfect. Right. And so it's really, valuable to be thinking through, you know, what are the pros and cons? And of course, if you're married, you know, figuring out how yeah. to match, match, you know, what you each like can be challenging, but right. it's good, good to talk those things out. Right. But you're right. Sometimes we do make some of these decisions and it's almost in this little bubble where I can go away for a couple years, but everybody will stay the same when I come back, which isn't true. The kid, the grandkids will keep growing <laughs> up. Um, you might think, oh, I won't get sick, but that's not guaranteed either. I mean, so there's just a lot of real world factors that we want to think about. Now, cruisepassenger.com, they had a couple of tips before you set sail on a cruise ship. Side note, they also had tips on, or they explained like what happens when there's a death at sea and how they go through all of the things that happen, like what the employees of the cruise line, like they have plans in place to deal with that. That's a side note. That's a different conversation. But it was interesting (laughs) when I saw that. But... They said test it out first because think about that, Pat, the difference between, hey, we went on a week-long Caribbean cruise and we loved it versus living at sea. (laughs) It's a little different, right? Yes. So long-term, so just know that's going to be different. So maybe book some back-to-back cruises and kind of get a good feel for that. Get your sea legs, if you will. Ha, what do you think about that? (laughs) Um, Thank you. Right? I had to make a joke. Don't forget about insurance. So that was an interesting one to me because if you get sick, you could have to deal with foreign hospitals and Mm. maybe not the exact same level of care on a cruise ship. So those are some questions to think about, making sure your coverage would cover you if you're cruising, right? I mean, that would be a big thing to think about. That's huge. And I think what we're talking about here is maybe someone in their 60s, for example. And I think you're in an age of life where you may have more wealth than you've ever had before. And one of the areas you have to focus on is protecting that. And so Mm -hmm. I think making sure that you have insurance, that you're not exposed uh, if something happens. And of course, I would say someone in their 60s isn't elderly, but you're also, you know, maybe not at your peak physical condition from when you were, you know, in college age or something like that. And going back to your first point about testing it out first, I think that is outstanding advice for anyone that's considering their transition from working to retirement. I mean, retiring is literally one of the biggest changes you'll ever make in your life. And it can be shocking, right? uh, So how do you decide, do I work full-time and then retire and never work again? Do I work part-time? And then we go through all these different things we were just talking about. Do we get a vacation home? Do we travel? Do we cruise? All those kinds of things. Probably a smart idea before mm-hmm. making an enormous life change to actually try it first. Right. So I think, right. I think that's, that's one that we can all understand as we're thinking about how we want to spend our time in retirement. Yeah. And, and here's another one. Rather than jumping all in and maybe 
selling your home and deciding you are going to live somewhere else or, or you know, whether it's a vacation home or a cruise or whatever, consider renting out your home so you can maybe go on that long-term cruise or Pat, you and I were talking during the break, maybe an extended RV trip. You don't have to sell your house. You could rent it and then there's still some potential, some income coming in that way. And then you still have a place to land after you're done adventuring. So that's just another option to throw out there as you try to kind of navigate this transitionary time of life, right? Yeah, I I think that's a really interesting one because when you're talking about cruising for retirement, if you're literally selling your home and being homeless and having to cruise 365 days a year, that's one thing versus, (laughs) you know, do you take a season of the year or do you have like breakdowns of different times of the year? And of course, some of that would have to do with the amount of family and friends you have nearby and things like that. I had mentioned to you that I have a client that sold his home and he RVs around the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now he has four kids in four different states. And so it actually has been conducive to him to see his family more. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so everyone's situation is different. You might have four kids that all live within a mile of you, and that would, of course, be a different circumstance. So that's what's really cool about all this. It comes back to the idea that we custom build our retirement plans for our clients. So let's figure out what might make sense for you. Let's see how you can test it out, and then let's see if we can make the money work so you can do what you want to do. So if you want to travel for an extended period, whether it's a cruise or not, Pat, what are some of the things that you should discuss with your financial advisor first? Well, I think uh, you know we laugh with our, our clients because uh, those that have worked with financial professionals before, they're used to those people maybe trying to talk them out of buying things or spending things. And we're the opposite. We mm. we feel like you've saved all this or you've inherited this, and the whole point is to do what you want to do with it. So what we want to try and do is help you figure out how to accomplish whatever you're trying to do. So if you want to travel for an extended period, we absolutely want you to come talk to us. Of course. Our first concern is going to be the financial end. How do we make sure that that fits in, you know, with your spending plans? And then the next question is, you know, what's your uh, availability as far as communication? So if there's something going on with your plans, something going on with your investments, tax strategy, all those kinds of things, we just want to make sure that we can keep those lines of communication open. Of course, 10 or 20 years ago, that might have been a lot more difficult. Now it's much more simple, right? Uh, because most people have cell reception or Wi-Fi or something like that. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line for us is if you're working with a financial advisor, we just want to make sure those lines of communication are open because in our office, we don't just build you a plan and then kind of say farewell. We're, we're managing that and we're adjusting it over time. We need to make sure we can communicate with you. And, and of course, to build that plan, we start with our five-step retirement review, which we, we offer to all of our listeners at absolutely no cost and no obligation. If you haven't taken advantage of that yet. Uh, If you think you could benefit, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. Again, there's no cost, no obligation to our five-step retirement review. That number again is 803-9-RETIRE. You've been listening to Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Remember that number, 803-9-RETIRE. Be sure to tune in again next week for more insights from Pat. We'll talk to you then. To register for the special event with former U.S. Controller General Dave Walker, August 18th, call Preservation Specialists now at 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Preservation Specialists is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of tools. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income are never referring to securities or investment products. Preservation Specialist is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. Preservation Specialist is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Securities offered through Kalos Capital, Inc. Investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management, Inc., both at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia, 30005. Preservation Specialist is not an affiliate or a subsidiary of Kalos Capital, Inc. or Kalos Management, Inc.